no other name than Jesus. Uh, holy is his name. And that's exactly where hopefully we end up together this morning. Um, as we conclude this series, Misquoted, Misunderstood, I want us to do what we did last week, and I want us to look at a, at, at a very dangerous premise, another dangerous line of thinking. And um, if you've missed any of this series... I encourage you, you know, through our app, uh, we, ha- we podcast every message. Uh, you can go through iTunes and get it or go through the app and get it. You might hear a message, and I mean, these go way back, and you might think, man, I wish so-and-so would heard, have heard this today, or I, I really think it would benefit so-and-so to hear this. And all this stuff is podcasted, so you can go back and, and listen to these and, and find them and share them with others. But here was what we talked about last week, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand with what we're doing this morning. Last week, we, we uh, talked about... This, this dangerous line of thinking that's been misunderstood, that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anybody else. That's what we talked about last week. Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this, I think, even more dangerous line of thinking, and it's this. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're really sincere and devout in it and really, really you know, uh, committed to what you're believing in. And this is a really dangerous line of thinking, so I'm so glad, Justin Band, as we kind of moved into this message time, that that's what we just sang, that there is no other name than Jesus, because that's where we're going to land again this morning, I hope. Um, this is such a prevalent and common, common line of thinking. So many people believe this idea, it doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as I'm just really sincere in my belief of it. It doesn't matter, as long as you, uh, you know... As long as you're sincere in your pursuit of a God, whatever that God may be, it doesn't really matter, you know, because everything's all going to kind of come out in the wash is where a lot of people might believe in. And I'm about to say something, and, and in a way, that, that line of thinking, it kind of sounds good, and here's what I mean by that, that, you know, it, if, if you're not, if, you, if there's someone you really care about, and they're just, they believe in the, the God of, I don't know, dishwashing soap that's just what came to my mind and they're just really committed and devoted to worshiping dishwashing soap um, and you really like this person and then this person suddenly dies you kind of think well I really I hope that maybe there was a connection between dishwashing soap and Jesus and God because that's kind of where I am and I just hope that they end up where I am one day you know how many times have you heard or maybe you've said or maybe someone has said to you someone that you cared for died and they're like I know that they weren't you know while they were here they really weren't that great of a person but you know they're looking down on you now and you're thinking well really are they where did they go to look down on me like are they on the roof like where are they that now they can look down on me because I'm not sure if they're where I think I'm gonna be one day you know it's like this really weird idea you know like imagine if there's like the you know the god of college football that you could worship because nobody worships that god right um and, and, and suddenly you find out, wow, that's the way to God, is if I worship college football, that's, and I'm really devoted to that. I'm so committed to this. I mean, this is like, I am all in on this. So I am very thankful that this is going to take me to, to eternity one day. I mean, this, and I know I'm making kind of light of it, but there's a lot of people out there that believe that it doesn't really matter that they don't have a Savior It doesn't really matter that there hasn't been somebody brought down here on earth to take care of this problem we have called sin. It doesn't really matter. That's what a lot of people believe because they're going to be really sincere in what they are believing in. 
And it's such a dangerous line of thinking. And so maybe by the fact that you're sitting here in church today, you're thinking, well, I, I'm past that. I'm not there. But maybe there's a couple of you that are. But really, why I think where I want to go with this message today is the fact that you are going to be with people. You know people now. You will meet some people who are going to say to you, whether they ever actually put the words out there, but they're going to tell you by the way they live and by the way they think and all these things that, it do, that they believe that it doesn't really matter as long as they're sincere. And so I want us to look at that together today. Um, that's really nothing more, if you want to think about it, um, than just trying to appease ourselves. You know, kind of that feel-good theology. To be like, oh, it doesn't really matter what you believe. So two weeks ago, I went on a bit of a uh, religious adventure. And in five days' time, I visited and talked to several people who all believe in one way, shape, or another that it doesn't really matter what they believe. As long as they are very sincere and very devout in what they do believe, then they think that they're, they're good. And so I talked to these people, and, and, and I went to a couple of different places, and, and I'd never been to any of these places before. First, I went to um, some of my, some of my uh, Puerto Rican folk will know this. I went to two botanic, botanicas. Ooh, yeah. And, and uh, what these are, uh, and these are places where a religion called Santeria is practiced. And, um, and I'm, I'm not a very well versed in world religions, but I'll give you just the real basics. I went to this place and, and I met a young woman named Carla. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you can leave that right there. That's, yeah. Uh, I met a young lady named Carla who's 22 years old and, um, and she was telling me about this, uh, this faith that she has called Santeria. And in this faith, really what it is, it's actually an African religion that was brought to a lot of the Caribbean, a lot of the islands during slavery when slaves were brought over from Africa. And then they ended up you know, staying there and living there. And, and, and so this, this uh, religion, it, it has a lot to do with Af the African gods that, that, that were worshipped. And they brought it over to where they were uh, enslaved. And most of these places, they were colonized. Uh, Catholicism ruled. And, and they couldn't practice their African faith. So what they did is they hid their African gods behind Catholic saints. And so you see kind of a, a connection uh, in some places with Santeria between Catholicism and, and really this African religion and this African worship of gods. And, and they believe in the spirit world and all this stuff. And you can buy candles and you can have your reading done. And there's things they do with water. And you can buy necklaces and trinkets and little icons and all stuff. You can buy sprays. Like you just spray your room with Stop Rumors spray. And, and that will take the rumors away. I saw one candle that said court case. So if you have a court case, you light your candle. Um, let's see, what's this one here? The gold and silver one? Uh, there, oh yeah, for good luck. I mean, and, and so there's this real connection to the spirit world and to their worship of African gods. And, and as I talked to this young woman, Carla, one of the things she was telling me that she did is that she spent a year, and I don't know the name for it, I, I'm, I'm not good with, with my Spanish, but she used a term for there's a year where she um, lived purely, as purely as she could for one year. She wore all white, she refrained from all kinds of stuff, she didn't eat certain foods, um, she did all this stuff in this, um, it, it, this endeavor for one year for the whole purpose of this, that, that in her faith, she believes that um, however, she however purely she lived in that one year 
would be the good fortune that she would have for the rest of her life. So if she gave one year, that the rest of her life would be however she lived in that one year. Um, and so there's this real, uh, and, and they, they believe in Jesus. Um, but they would say that actually there was a whole lot of Jesuses. Um, and talking to her, I found that out. It was really interesting. But it boiled down to this idea that it's not enough to just have Jesus. That the spirit world is very real and every aspect of their life is involved with um, allowing spirits to have control. And there's no grace. Zero grace. You got to work for everything. You got to get the candle for everything. You got to get the, the, this, the spray for that and the, the trinket for this. And you got to make sure your car is covered and your house is covered. And, and it's just very involved in that. So this is where Carla is. And so what, what a what person who practices Santeria would say is that it doesn't matter what they believe. Um, it doesn't matter that they believe their African gods actually in many ways supersede Jesus. It doesn't matter um, because they're very sincere and very dedicated in how they worship. Okay, this is what I learned from them. I went to a Buddhist temple. Um, and I spent a few hours talking with a 23-year-old man named Tom Dow. Actually, his name is Eric, but he goes by Tom Dow now. And um, let me tell you, you spend two hours talking to a Buddhist in a Buddhist temple. I think I have a picture of the temple, too. Um, so we're sitting in here in this room. I don't know if you've ever talked to a Buddhist before, but they're super chill. And it was right after lunch. <laughs> and there was no air conditioning going on in this room. And I was very challenged to stay awake <laughs> while talking to Tom Dow. It would be as if I continued the rest of my message talking to you like this and see who would stay awake. It would, but, but as I talked to this young man, I don't know if you're seeing a, 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 a consistency here with a 22-year-old woman and here's a 23-year-old man. Um, people are searching. People are searching for truth and people are searching for understanding. People are searching for purpose in their life. And um, it, it, it hurt me um, because here is this young guy and, and to hear his backstory, I mean, it, he's searching, no doubt about it. And talking with Eric and the whole idea of this Buddhist faith, and again, I'm not really well-versed. Some of you might be more well-versed than I am on this, but I don't really care because this isn't really what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to get to some scripture in a minute. But Eric, Tom Dow, would say that... Um, the whole purpose of his Buddhist faith is to move past this idea of suffering, sufferings. In the Buddhist faith, every, you know, stress is a, is, is, causes suffering in your life. Um, uh, having a bad mood causes suffering. Um, everything's about sufferings, and it's not about worldwide taking away suffering. It's all personal. It's all about you. Your goal for you is just for you to move past sufferings and get to this place through meditation called nirvana. You thought it was just a band. It's not. It's a place that Buddhists are trying to get to through meditation. This perfect place where there are no more sufferings in their life, in their personal life. And um, there is no offer of forgiveness of sins. There is no supernatural help, only karma. What you do is going to come back to you so you live as best you can, so nothing bad comes back to you. Um, uh, 
The idea is this, to believe in when you die, you will be reborn. And so it's just a life of constant being, constantly reborn. Uh, Their previous life determines their next life and so on. So Buddhists would say that it doesn't matter what their beliefs are. It doesn't matter that they don't square with Christianity at all. But they're they're not seeking salvation. So it doesn't matter. Their ultimate reward is something else. This place that through meditation, this nirvana... And it doesn't matter that they don't believe in a creator. There's really no concern in the Buddhist faith about who made everything. It's just everything's here. I went to a mosque on Friday. And, um, and I'd never been to a mosque before. Um, and you can see my beautiful getting ready to go into the mosque there. Had to wear the scarf. Um, Muslims worship uh, Allah. Um, and it is a personal God. There's no secondary gods. There's a total ban on things like idols and and anything you would find in some other religions. Um, Your standing, if you're a Muslim, is with God, with Allah, and it depends totally on your religious devotion to him. Uh, Again, there's no grace. It's all about works. It's all about how you worship. They recognize Jesus, but not as the Son of God, not as a divine person. Muhammad is considered greater teacher than Jesus. I mean, I found it interesting because every one of these faiths recognized Jesus. None of them deny Jesus. None of them deny who he is. You can really take that picture of my face up off the screen now. Um, <laughs> there's a good shot of some heinies while, while um, Mallory was looking through my phone yesterday, and she was like, is this, is this at your school, Mommy? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, you see the little... The little uh, booth there in the back that's where the imam will stand and preach and do a message and he was teaching that day and he was teaching about how um if you watch the foxy news they will say we're all terrorists that's what he was saying foxy news and um um, but he was telling them all how to be good neighbors and to be um, good citizens and um that's what he was telling them that day um but there's this recognition. Uh, what I found in all of these faiths is that they all say, yeah, Jesus, okay, sure, good teacher. I mean, and, and when you really think about it, here's what's incredibly interesting to me. In our culture today, it is, it, it's basic spirituality, a belief in something bigger than you is no big deal. It is not controversial at all. No one has a problem with it. You can talk about spirituality all day long. You can talk about, you can go on talk shows and talk about it and say, yeah, I I light a candle to uh, for this and it's okay there's no problem um you can you can talk about different re- you can talk about these other religions and everyone's like okay sure whatever you know and you talk about it but there's something that happens you know this when you bring up the name of jesus christ as the son of god as the only way to god that's when things get really weird that's when people start to freak out a little bit on you and, and what I was noticing, I mean, it, it's not controversial to mention God's name. You, you see it on the Grammys all the time. I was watching the Tonys this past week and the CMAs, and it's no big deal to be like, and first and foremost, I want to thank my God. I want to thank God. And no one's like, boo. You know, no one does that. But when you bring up the name of Jesus, when you bring up Jesus, and you bring up the exclusivity of Jesus, which we live in a world where exclusive's not a nice word. We have to be inclusive, right? And that's why a lot of these religions draw so many people. 
That's why you look at these young adults like Eric and Carla because they're not excluding anybody. And Christianity is not exclusive. It just has an exclusive claim. I think Christianity is incredibly inclusive because you know what I love about the faith that it comes through Jesus Christ? He said it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter um, uh, what, you, what was going on in your thought life. It doesn't matter. If you come to him and you confess all those things and you ask him to forgive you of those sins and then in your best efforts and through continued faith you turn away from those past things that you've done, there is hope for eternal life through Jesus Christ. Actually, I didn't want to say hope. There's promise of eternal life with God through Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, that's kind of exclusive, but it doesn't exclude people. The exclusive claim is it's just about Jesus. And I think that's where the culture we live in, people get kind of confused. They think that we are an exclusive faith. No, we are an inclusive faith with an exclusive God. It's, it's, you got to only, this is it. There are no other options. If you, if, if you want your house to smell better, go ahead and light a candle. But it's about Jesus. It's not about the candle. It's not about the necklace. It's not about the scarf or the statue. It's not about which way you're pointing when you pray. The claim is exclusive through Jesus Christ. And this is where people have problems with us. No one debates the existence of Jesus. Santeria, Buddhism, uh, uh, Islam, all believe that Jesus existed and taught and performed miracles. People loved his teaching. But it's the exclusive claim of Jesus that gets people rattled. Here's what John 14, 6 says. Jesus said this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very exclusive claim. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. It's an exclusive claim. And what this does is this, set, this sets Jesus apart from, from every other religion. It's this exclusive claim that he is God alone. There's forgiveness of sins. And it's not based on the religious efforts. It's not based on how many times do you show up to pray and, and, and all these outward things. And so here's what I want us to do. I want to just offer, and again, this might not be specifically for you, but I believe that by talking about this today, what it's hopefully going to do is it equips us to be able to talk to other people. And maybe you find yourself going, well, I've kind of been wondering, you know, does it really matter? Well, I hope as we look at some of these exclusive claims, there's some things I want us to consider about Jesus. I just want us to consider a couple of things. And here's the first thing I want us to consider today. Three aspects of Jesus that sets Christianity apart from all these others. And the first one is this. We need to consider the ministry itself of Jesus Christ. Just consider the ministry of Jesus. What did he do? What, what occurred in the life of Jesus when his feet were on this earth? What was so amazing about this ministry that sets this faith apart from all the others? In Mark chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it summarizes really why Jesus came. And, and this is what it says here, Mark 2, 16 and 17. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners... 
they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I mean, this, Jesus just sets up, this is why I came. I came for people like you. Jesus came for people like me. Jesus came for those who just can't seem to get it right. People who cannot, who are having a hard time living out these religious laws that you got to do this and you got to do that. And if you don't do this, and boy, you're in trouble and there's really no hope for you. Jesus came for the people who had no hope. Jesus came for people who couldn't get it right. I mean, think about Jesus. I mean, to, to the people that um, others despised, Jesus came and he loved I mean, the religious leaders referred to folks as scum. Scum. And Jesus came for the scum. And in case you're thinking, wow, why did he do that? I just want to remind you that you're actually part of the scum. As am I. He came for people like us. He came for us. The people that, that religion rejected and said, you're not worthy and you can't be a part of this, even though we believe this is it. Jesus came for those people. I mean, he, this is the ministry of Jesus. Jesus loved and reached out to people that nobody else would go near. And again, just to remind you, that's us. I mean, consider the ministry of Jesus, who, who he was and what he did. I mean, what did he do? Jesus, he opened blind eyes. He healed lame people. Legs that didn't work, worked. Dead came alive through the ministry of Jesus. Food multiplied to feed thousands upon thousands of people. The miracles of Jesus. I mean, when you think about this, he turned water into wine. Uh, he went to people that had leprosy, that had a skin disease. And he didn't just from afar go, oh, God bless you. No, he came up and he touched these people. This is the ministry. Consider the ministry of Jesus when we consider all the other religions that are out there. Consider the ministry of this person, the Son of God. And here's what's crazy. His, crit his critics didn't... If you, ever, if you look back on, on Scripture... And you look at the people who had a problem with Jesus. His critics didn't say, I don't think he really did those miracles. You know what you only hear over and over again? It's not, did that really happen? Actually, what you hear over and over again is, would you please just stop? That's all you heard. It wasn't, wasn't I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure they had some loaves hidden somewhere and they just uncovered them with a blanket. You don't hear that. No one's questioning whether what happened happened. They're just asking him to stop doing what he's doing because it was messing with their religion. I mean, consider the ministry of Jesus. He performed miracle after miracle. And he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, consider the ministry of Jesus. I mean, the power, the miracles. And he didn't come for the righteous people. He came for the us. Here's another aspect I want us to consider about, about Christianity, um, how it sets us apart from all other religions, and it's this. Let's think for a minute about the resurrection of Jesus. So not just the ministry while he was here, but what about the resurrection of Jesus? What about that? What happened there? Acts 3.15, 
It says this about the resurrection. You killed the author of life. This is talking to the religious leaders. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Now, I could spend a lot of time talking about the resurrection of Jesus and, and uh, how amazing that is, but here's what I want to focus in on, actually. There were people, there were eyewitnesses to the fact that they saw Jesus die and then three days later they saw him alive. There were eyewitnesses to the fact that Jesus came alive. Eyewitnesses to this fact. And here's what's amazing to me. Consider this. There were most, almost all of those people who saw Jesus in his resurrected form, most of those people ended up being killed, tortured, beaten, because they would not recant. They would not say, nope, I really didn't see Jesus. They went to their death because they saw Jesus alive. And they would not go back on that word. Even though they were told, just say it didn't happen. And you'll live. Say it really didn't happen. Change your story. And, and they wouldn't do it. Eyewitnesses to the life of Jesus died they gave their life because it was true. When people want to talk about, did Jesus, because you, you start talking about all these other world religions, none of them believe, Islam doesn't believe Jesus rose from the dead. Um, uh, Buddhists, they're just like, hey, he was a really good teacher while he was here. They don't believe in the resurrection. I mean, so that's, this is when it gets, that's when usually things start to not mesh, is when you start talking about the resurrection. But people gave their life because they would not change their story. And they had nothing to gain by keeping their story. They had nothing to gain to be like, oh, hey, we're going to pay you $10,000 if you just say Jesus came to life. No, they got nothing out of the deal except for death. They shared the story. So consider this. Consider the fact that the resurrection of Jesus happened and people gave their life because of it. No other faith has this. No other faith, faith has a resurrected leader. Buddhists, they love Buddha, but Buddha died. Islam loves Muhammad, but Muhammad did not come back to life. He died. We are the only faith that has a resurrected Lord and we have the proof of it through eyewitness accounts. It's amazing when you consider the resurrection of Jesus. Consider his ministry. Consider that he came for sinners. Consider this resurrection. And here's a third aspect I want us to think about when we think about how Christianity sets us apart from other faiths. And it's this. We need to just consider the, the, um, the eternal message that Jesus spoke. The eternal message of Jesus. Romans 3.22 says this. Paul summarizes it. I love how he summarizes this. It says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. See, that's pretty inclusive when you think about it. It's an exclusive God with an opportunity for inclusivity. Everybody come on in. I love that. You don't find that in any other faith. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And by having faith in Jesus, by putting our faith in, in the Son of God, no matter what we've done, see, I'm coming back to this, no matter who, who, who you used to be, no matter who you are walking in this door today, we have the opportunity for new life in Jesus Christ. And that is so much grace. So much grace. And you don't find that in other faiths. 
Anyone, 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 anyone who places their faith in Jesus will be made new. Did I say anyone? Just in case I didn't want to miss anybody. Anyone? I mean, how, we are, how, how are we made right with God? It's not by candles. It's not by icons. It's not by necklaces. It's not by a, a, a teacher named Muhammad. It's not by meditation. It's not by finding nirvana. It, it's how are we made right by God. It's not, it's not by karma. It's not by laws. We're made right with God through Jesus Christ. An exclusive claim with an inclusive option for all of us. Nobody is ruled out. And so maybe you're sitting here this morning going, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Christian. I haven't been wavering. I'm, I'm good on this. But maybe like me, as I was working on this message early in the week, I was just reminded again of the great grace of God. Anyone here not need that today? The great grace of God who covers over so much. And it's available to all. To all. Very inclusive. He is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray together. Um, God, I am so, so very thankful that in regard to this faith that we practice, it is really Christ plus It is, it is Jesus plus nothing. We don't have to do something more, pray something extra, light something, buy something. It is Christ plus nothing, and I am thankful for that. It's not even about Jesus plus good works, or Jesus plus baptism, or Jesus plus church membership, or, or Jesus plus giving money. Just Jesus. And I'm so very thankful, God, that our our life, our relationship, it's just Jesus. In Christ, and, and God, I'm thankful that in Christ, in Christ alone, that the old is gone, <laughs> that the new has come, that it is in Christ alone, it is in Christ alone that we are made alive. Father, I pray that today we have been reminded of how very much you love us. Lord, and maybe how we have maybe even taken for granted the great grace you have given to each and every one of us. Lord, I also pray that we now feel just a little bit more equipped to be able to defend our faith. To be able to, to speak towards 
very exclusive claim of Christ. 